Welcome to the Speaking of Women's Health podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Holly Thacker, and thanks for joining me back in the Sunflower House. We're going to talk about why love handles are bad for your heart and what is really good midlife menopausal nutrition. So why is belly fat bad for your heart? We certainly know you don't like it cosmetically, but fat deposited around your middle is called visceral fat, and that lies inside the abdominal wall surrounding key organs. And this firm fat is different from the fat that covers the legs and the buttocks. Women tend to have more curves, and certainly estrogen affects that type of fat. But visceral fat is dangerous because it's metabolically active. It directly impacts your body's chemistry. In contrast, the fat padding around our thighs and behinds is warehoused until our bodies need to burn it for energy. And women tend to have more body fat because they're the ones that carry babies and lactate. Three ways that visceral fat affects your heart. Number one, visceral fat wraps around your liver, interfering with insulin production and can promote type 2 diabetes. And type 2 diabetes is a strong risk factor for heart disease, especially in women. Visceral fat lowers the good, healthy HDL cholesterol while it raises the bad, so-called lethal LDL cholesterol. And this encourages the accumulation of sticky plaque on the walls of your heart arteries. And the third way that visceral fat affects your heart is belly fat pumps out a number of different types of hormones and proteins that promote inflammation, a major contributor to a lot of health problems. And when hidden plaque becomes inflamed, it can burst. And platelets and blood clotting molecules drawn to the site form a plug that can block the artery wall and cause a heart attack. Belly fat's also been tied to mood. Recent studies link its presence to depression. So your body shape can put you at risk for heart problems. Most women collect extra fat around hips and buttocks, the so-called pear shape while men tend to collect it around their bellies, developing more of an, quote, apple shape or beer belly. So men in general tend to accumulate more visceral fat than women. So to try to find out the kind of body shape you're in, calculate your waist to hip ratio. You can measure your waist where it's the narrowest and your hips where they're the widest, and then divide the waist measurement by the hip measurement. If you're male and your waist-to-hip ratio is above 1, or if you're female and your waist-to-hip ratio is above 0.8, you've got an apple shape and are definitely at increased risk for cardiovascular disease. Well, the good news is estrogen can help prevent visceral fat, and it can work wonders in trimming the girth. Taking a brisk walk just 30 minutes a day, 5 days a week, help stop the growth of visceral fat. Increase your exercise by jogging or doing another more intense aerobic activity with your physician's blessing, of course, and you'll actually see your waistline shrink. 
Visceral fat is some of the first to go when you start aerobic exercise. And most of all, if you haven't developed an apple shape yet, start exercising now and be sure to enrich your diet with plenty of fiber. And check out our recent podcast on fiber and preventing constipation. Now, interestingly, one of the menopausal hormone regimens that has been associated with less uh, fat around the heart is actually conjugated estrogens as opposed to just the transdermal bioidentical estrogen. So it's so fascinating to me that uh, research continues in this area. And in the next couple weeks, I am going to be interviewing one of our recently graduated specialized women's health fellows, Dr. Tara Iyer. And not only is she certified as a menopause specialist and midlife women's health expert, but she just recently passed her obesity boards. And on our second series of the Speaking of Women's Health podcast, which is available for CME or continuing medical education, free credit for doctors and nurses and uh, APPs and pharmacists. Uh, Be sure to check that out because lots of my uh, patients uh, who are not medical at all in the least have really enjoyed listening to the CME podcast. So now I want to go into some more food for thought good nutrition during menopause in the midlife. So what are some of the benefits of proper nutrition during menopause and beyond? Are you looking for a quote menopause diet, a magical mix of foods and supplements that will allow you just to sail through the change of life with nary a hot flash or extra pound? Well, sorry, the cure-all diet just doesn't quite exist. But that doesn't mean what you eat during midlife is unimportant. Actually, your diet matters more now than it did when you were a decade or two younger. Yes, unfortunately, the metabolism does slow. And with age, muscle mass decreases. And when your body produces less estrogen, that affects several different processes in your body and affects metabolism. You need to eat a healthy anti-inflammatory diet. How you eat and care for yourself now will help determine how you look and feel for the rest of your life. Eating a healthy anti-inflammatory diet can reduce many conditions in women, including joint pain. And be sure to check out our information on speakingofwomenshealth.com about ways to deal with joint pain, what are some supplements to consider, and other tips on keeping your joints and tendons healthy. Heart disease, that's the number one cause of death in women. Diabetes, we are having an epidemic of diabetes, which is diabetes and obesity. And that can lead to blindness, kidney failure, nerve damage, premature death. And Obesity also significantly increases the risk of a woman being diagnosed with breast cancer. So eating a healthy diet not only reduces weight and disease risk, but it affects how you feel and how you look. So will you gain weight during menopause? It's certainly not a given that women will gain weight during or after menopause, but unfortunately most do. 
lack of sleep caused by hot flashes and night sweats interferes with the hormones that regulate your appetite, which can cause you to eat even when you're not hungry. There's only one way to lose weight, which is burn more calories than you consume and select the right calories at the right time. Diets do work differently for different women, but I generally recommend the Mediterranean diet or the Mediterranean diet with beans, which is the MIND, M-I-N-D diet. And we've got a great column on our website on that. So Mediterranean and MIND diets, they call for the following foods, veggies and fruits and nuts and seeds, some dairy or soy foods rich in calcium, whole grains, and some some fish. But if you don't eat fish twice a week, you should be sure to get another type of omega-3 food twice a week. Some skinless poultry, some lean red meat, and the use of heart-healthy oils like olive oil, and beans, which include garbanzo and chickpeas and navy beans, black beans, pinto beans, And those foods are very high in fiber and complex carbohydrates. It is important to avoid excessive fats like saturated fats and trans fats. They're the worst fats. And even some of the vegetable seed oils and highly processed foods are not good. Some of the other healthy fats besides olive oil include avocado, peanut butter, coconut oil. Some of those are my favorite. So what should you eat? Well, the old food pyramid has been traded in for a small plate. But the message is that you should have a colorful plant-based diet with low-fat dairy and lean proteins. And portion sizes should generally be smaller and your food choices should focus on some of the superfoods, which we'll go over in future podcasts. So what about soy? I'm sure you've heard about soy and its reputation as the supposed food to eat during menopause. Studies have shown that Asian women who eat a lot of soy tend to have less hot flashes and lower rates of breast cancer than American women. But they also have, in general, tend to be thinner. And not everyone is wired to flash. Soy is a rich source of phytoestrogens and compounds that can behave like estrogen in the body. There are some women who can metabolize these phytoestrogens into a substance called equal, which is a very weak estrogen. But most of us do not. And soy is not a cure-all. It doesn't dissipate all menopausal symptoms, and it doesn't work equally for all women. We don't recommend that any person, and, and that includes women that are breast cancer survivors, take high-dose soy pills or supplements or powders. I think focusing on foods as opposed to supplements for lots of reasons are more important. And certainly if you eat soy foods and soy protein, in some women this can lower cholesterol. Flaxseed. Well, I do recommend flaxseed. 
because it is queen of fiber and omega-3s and contains lignans, which are believed to be anti-cancer agents. So what are some of the recommended minerals and vitamins? Well, two of the top ones, vitamin D and iron, were some of my earlier podcasts. So bone up on those topics if you haven't had a chance. Vitamin D isn't even a vitamin. It's a prosterile hormone, and it is necessary for the absorption of calcium, and it's critical to other aspects of your health. And most experts for adults, especially adults over age 40, recommend 1,000 to even 2,000 international units per day. And people that are low or have gastric problems or are quite overweight or have very low levels may need up to 10,000 units to fill up the tank. Iron. Continuing to get enough iron continues to be important, even if you're no longer menstruating. But you may not need iron-fortified cereals or a multiple vitamin with iron anymore. We do like to keep your iron levels around 50 to 70 to help with energy and hair growth. And we're going to have future upcoming podcasts on hair. Calcium. It is important to try to ingest three to four calcium-rich foods per day. But if you eat healthy and maybe you avoid dairy or you just don't get 1,000 milligrams of calcium a day, you might need to take a calcium supplement. But it's not one size fits all. Most days I don't take a calcium supplement because I love calcium rich foods. I'm going to have broccoli and salmon tonight and I had some yogurt at lunch and I think I might end up having a couple of uh, pieces of low-fat cheese as a snack with an apple. Are there any foods that you need to avoid during menopause? Well, hot flashes can be triggered by spicy foods, hot beverages, caffeine, and alcohol. So watch what you eat and see if any of these bring on hot flashes. I love spicy food. My husband just showed me a recent meme that said people that eat spicy foods live longer. So um, there was not any attached research on that for me to evaluate. But certainly peppers um, have a lot of important substances that are anti-cancer. And uh, many spices like onions and garlic garlic is what my husband says is my perfume of choice, (laughs) has a lot of different factors that are very important for health in terms of infection and cardiovascular disease and cancer risk. And appropriately spiced foods also can help improve your satiety. And since weight is the number one concern, that all women have, even though it's not a classic menopausal symptom per se. Um, In fact, I was just discussing this today, which happens to be March 29th, uh, when I was interviewed on a a television health show, uh, which will be airing nationally. And I'll be sure to put that link up on speakingofwomenshealth.com. So what are some of the other foods that you want to avoid? Potentially, less red meat, especially if you're someone whose cholesterol levels get worse. Definitely any simple sugars 
or simple carbohydrates, they drive insulin up and they cause hunger. It's one of the reasons why at swanky fancy restaurants, they give you this delicious free bread to start off your meal because that spikes your insulin, keeps you hungry throughout dinner, and you're ready to order that fancy, uber-rich, high-calorie dessert that you probably don't need. So we will talk a lot more about weight and ways to get weight down. And most women, and especially midlife women, are concerned about weight gain and changes in the body. And a lot of this is related to aging and slower metabolism. And a lot of it's related to lifestyle. So this is in your power to make changes. There are no simple fixes. Um, Sit less, move more. I really emphasize intermittent fasting for people that can do it because it does drop insulin levels and it seems to be anti-aging. And the field of menopause is an anti-aging field. You want to be proactive. Some people journal. I have a friend who journals and writes everything down she eats. Now, to me, that would be too time-consuming and obsessive. But for her, it works because it keeps her accountable. Regular exercise is also anti-aging. And it's hard to pick healthy foods and exercise if you're not getting enough sleep. And when you get enough sleep, you look and feel better. So we have a lot of other information about these topics on speakingofwomenshealth.com. A lot of weight loss tips, a calcium calculator to figure out how much calcium you need, list of foods that are rich in calcium, and other articles on nutrition and diet. So I really want to thank you for joining me in the Sunflower House. You've been listening to our Speaking of Women's Health podcast. I am your host, Dr. Holly Thacker, and you can subscribe to our podcast and please give us a five-star rating. It helps us move up in the rankings. And I'll see you next time.